Thank you for listening to Airport Church's podcast. To find out more information about Airport Church, visit churchattheairport.com. So I want you to open up to James chapter 1. And let's talk about that mirror that he was referencing. I was making notes about the sermon today. And as I was making notes randomly, they didn't have anything to do with the sermon today. And the Holy Spirit said, I want you to speak on James chapter 1. And I want you to talk about looking into the mirror of my word. And then a little while later, Kristen says, hey, here's a video of Brian McCleary talking about the mirror of the word. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And she didn't know. She Actually, she said, what are you speaking on? And I said, I'm going to speak on the mirror of the word. Hey, you need to hear this video. <laughs> and it was Brian McCleary. Um, so I am coming out with a book list for 2020. I have not sent out an email about it. But the first book on the list is a book by a, na- a, a man named Daniel I can't pronounce his last name. I have not heard it pronounced, so I'm not going to try. But it's Daniel H. H-O-O-G-T-E-I-J-L-M-N-O-P. H-O-O-G-T-E-I-J. L-I-N-G. I told you. I told you. H-O-O-G-T-I-J. Ling. L-I-N-G. He's, he's from, he's Deutsch. I mean, with, with Ling, you would think he was Asian. No, no offense. I want to try to pronounce it so bad, but I will not, Caleb. So we have to read this book, and we have to read it fast, okay? So you can, you can get it off of IHOPKC's website, or you can get it off of Amazon. You can get the hard copy, or you can get... You can get it off. You can get it for Kindle. I will order some. I'll order them today, and they'll be in this week, and Kristen can have them here on Sunday. Or you can get it today on for Kindle, for ten. I think it's ten bucks. It may be cheaper than that for yourself. Okay. But we need to devour this thing quickly. It's good. It's a good book. But it's, it's very much in line with us being conformed to the image of Jesus. And we need this book. Daniel H. We don't get any, I don't get a kick back for saying, hey, let's get this book. 
I should. I should contact these people. <laughs> Darius, you need to read this book. You need, Amber, you need to read this book. <laughs> There'll be a copy waiting here for you next week. Okay? And some of you who aren't fast readers, you should probably get you should probably get the version where you can listen to it. Think of it as an investment in your eternity. Okay? There'll be other books that I will I'll put out the full list. Kristen has a book this year that she's putting on the list. I know everybody will be interested to see what that is. I am interested to see what that is. She's got a couple of them, and she's trying to narrow it down, what it's going to be. I can go ahead and tell you that another book that will be on the list is the book by Don Fento that I had talked about last year, and I held it off to put it on this year's list, but it's, um, it's, it's a book. Uh, I forgot the name of it. <laughs> you just have to wait. Just wait till the list comes out. I'm taking it to Israel with me when I go to Israel tomorrow. I am. I probably won't sleep a wink tonight. Um, I leave Tallahassee at 10, 18 or something. Yeah. All right, James. Start in verse 21. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the word, of the of the word, this one will be blessed in what he does. Who is he talking to? Who is James addressing? Is he addressing sinners? He's addressing believers. We have to know that immediately. Let's read this in the Passion Translation. I actually started in verse 19. My dearest brothers and sisters, 
Isn't that nice? He includes the sisters. Take this to heart. Be quick to listen, but slow to speak. And be slow to become angry. For human anger is never a legitimate tool to promote God's righteous purpose. Say amen. So this is why we abandon everything morally impure and all forms of wicked conduct. Instead, with a sensitive spirit, we absorb God's word, which has been implanted within our nature. For the word of life has power to continually deliver us. Don't just listen to the word of truth and not respond to it. For that is the essence of self-deception. Oh, man. So always let his word become like poetry written and fulfilled by your life. If you listen to the word and don't live out the message you hear, you become like the person who looks in the mirror of the word to discover the reflection of his face in the beginning. You perceive how God sees you in the mirror of the word, but then you go out and forget your divine origin. But those who set their gaze deeply into the perfecting law of liberty are fascinated by and respond to the truth they hear and are strengthened by it. They experience God's blessing in all that they do. That's really powerful. So I want to take a little bit of this and break some of this down. I want to start in verse 21 where I want to start breaking this down. It says, therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness. Now, who who is James addressing? Believers? He's, he's addressing believers, right? Is Jesus strong enough to love us through our process of being sanctified? Are you strong enough to love the people around you through their process of being sanctified? How much grace do you give yourself? We're usually pretty forgiving to ourselves, aren't we? (laughs) We're usually pretty forgiving to ourselves. How forgiving are we to people around us? We're usually pretty forgiving to people we like.
some days. We're usually pretty forgiving to people when we feel good. We're not very forgiving to people when we don't feel good. We're not very forgiving to people that we don't like. And we're even less forgiving to people that we don't like when we don't feel good. We're even less likely to be forgiving to people that we don't like when we don't feel good at a time when the sun's not up. <laughs> right? In that hour of don't talk to me when we don't feel good and there's someone around that we don't like, <laughs> grace has all but diminished. It is very true. We probably have very little grace for ourselves in those moments. But Jesus loves you no less than. When your serotonin is full, he loves you just as much then as when your serotonin is gone, depleted. It doesn't matter how you feel. He loves you the same. Your, your grace, his grace for you doesn't depend on how you feel. Aren't you thankful for that? Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word. Receive with meekness. The, I really think that meekness is a key for us being conformed to the image of Christ because meekness is not a feeling. It all flows from the love of Jesus. You cannot love Jesus without the love of Jesus. Does that make sense? The love of God and the grace to love him back are gifts from God. The Holy Spirit pours them out in our hearts because cultivating love for God is the primary emphasis of the Holy Spirit's work in our hearts. That's a quote from Daniel H. <laughs> I will. The love of God and the grace to love him back are gifts from God. The Holy Spirit pours them out in our hearts because cultivating love for God is the primary emphasis of the Holy Spirit's work in our hearts. You got it? 
We think that the primary work of the Holy Spirit are the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Right? Primary work of the Holy Spirit is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And the fruit, we, and we, we usually think of the fruits of the Holy Spirit, but the fruits of the Holy Spirit actually spring forth from the fruit of the Holy Spirit, which is love. And if you remember in the description of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, if you have the gifts of the Holy Spirit but have not It's nothing. Which backs up what Daniel H. is saying. I'm going to say it one more time. The love of God and the grace to love him back are gifts from God. You can't know God except that God introduces himself first. He sent his son wrapped in flesh to say, ta-da, here I am. <laughs> and before he sent his son, he sent a whole bunch of messages encoded through prophets. He even sent him, he came wrapped in fire. He, he came in so many different forms saying, here I am, I'm here. Another quote from Daniel H. Yes, we were designed to receive and respond to love. When we receive revelation of God's love for us, it fills our hearts with the love with which we can love him back. We can love God when we first believe and experience his love for us. We grow in love when we grow in the revelation of God's love, our hearts become more passionate for Jesus when we gain greater revelation of him and his passion toward us. Who gives us revelation of Jesus? Whose spirit is the Holy Spirit? Jesus. So who gives us the revelation of Jesus? Jesus. You don't get revelation without coming to Jesus. That's really going to be a driving theme this entire year. You cannot get the revelation of Jesus without coming to Jesus. You get revelation knowledge of God from Jesus. It's impossible to get the revelation of of God without coming to Jesus. That's what Jesus was saying when he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except he comes to me, to Jesus. If you want knowledge of the Father, come to Jesus. The spirit of wisdom and revelation is the spirit of Jesus. The spirit of prophecy is Jesus. If there's a spirit of prophecy that's given that's not in line 
with the personality and the emotions and the man Jesus Christ, it is a false spirit of prophecy. Listen to that. If it does not measure up to the man Jesus Christ, it's a false spirit of prophecy. If it's out of character with the man that walked on the planet, Jesus Christ, it's a false spirit of prophecy. That's who the spirit of prophecy is. It's Jesus. When Jesus walks in the room, the spirit of prophecy is here. When we're asking for the spirit of wisdom and revelation, we're asking for Jesus to come and reintroduce himself or to make himself known in a deeper way. A greater intimacy is what we're asking for. For some, it's a reintroduction, but for us who know him, we're wanting to know him greater, right? I don't want to be reintroduced. Do you? Because I I know him, right? Don't you know him? So it's familiar when he walks in the room. When you walk where he is, you you know instantaneously, oh, that's Jesus. He's here. You're familiar with him. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word of which is able to save your souls. Receive with meekness. What what is that? Receiving with meekness the implanted word. Receive with meekness. That means that when the word comes and it rubs against you, this is that sanctification that's taking place. There's a a forging that happens. Remember, I, I was... I remember kicking off the year, and I, I, I hit send on that email before I even realized what I did, and I was like, why did I just do this? What have I done? And I sent that email about being in a fixed position, being in a position where you're, you're, you're in that vice. <laughs> you're crunked down in that vice. It's, it's, you're held in a position of, of a situation has viced you down, and you can't move. Remember that email that I sent? And I was like, why did I do that? (laughs) Why did I kick off 2020 with this? Situations have viced you down, and now the Lord can work on you. The Holy Spirit has you in a position where you can't move to the left or to the right. He has you in situations you can squirm and kick and move about and thrust around. That's not meekness. That's not what this is. Receive with meekness the implanted word. Don't try to look for shortcuts when the word is coming. Don't resist when the word comes. 
When the word comes, receive what the word is doing. When you receive what the word is doing, who are you receiving? If you resist what the word is doing, who are you resisting? You're resisting Jesus because Jesus is the word. Now, if you are familiar with who the word is, you're familiar with Jesus, right? Do you trust him? Then why would you resist him? We don't think about it that way while it's going on, do we? Why don't we think about it like that? It feels uncomfortable. The reason it feels uncomfortable is because we jump back over into the natural realm and we start using our five senses, and that just doesn't feel right. Instead, we should be listening with our spirit man, having that sensitivity. Read it from, read it from the, the, the Passion Translation, and it gives us a better understanding. So this is why we abandon every thing morally impure and all forms of wicked conduct instead with a sensitive spirit we absorb god's word which has been implanted within our nature for the word of life has power to continually deliver us we don't think about the deliverance that's coming to us we think about resisting because sometimes we get ourselves in situations and instead of thinking of the word as deliverance, we think about how uncomfortable the word is because it's pushing against something because we've gotten ourselves in situations. Maybe at the time it felt good, but the word is resisting us. I don't know if I'm making sense to you. We lose our meekness. Listen, we lose our meekness when we jump into the flesh. How do I know what I'm talking about? Because I jump into the flesh. Because I'm human. Am I the only human in here? <laughs> I'm going to give you some meekness scriptures. I'm just going to throw them out at you very quickly. Psalm 25, 9. The meek will he guide in judgment, and the meek will he teach his way. Be wide-eyed and mystified. Isn't there a piece of that song, Kristen, that talks about about his ways, loving his way. Psalm 37, verse 11. But the meek shall inherit the earth. That's where Jesus got that from. He got it from David, who got it from Jesus. And shall delight themselves in the abundance of of peace. Th that's 
That's so ironic because people who aren't meek try to force upon others their right and their way in order to ascertain peace. (laughs) But the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. It's so backwards, isn't it? Psalm, 60, uh, Psalm 76, verse 9, when God arose to judgment to save all the meek of the earth. Selah. Psalm 149, verse 4, for the Lord taketh pleasure in his people. He will beautify the meek with salvation. Is he going to beautify the vengeful with salvation? Is he going to beautify the wicked with salvation? No, the meek. And then Matthew 5, 5. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. 1 Peter 3, verse 4. But let it be the hidden man of the heart, and that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. The gateway to this, to you being forged into the image of Jesus, is being meek, is is letting it, is, is letting it happen. How many of you saw that FAI came out with an app for your your phone. Frontier Alliance International. That's where Jessica is at today. She's graduating from their school in Israel on the Sea of Galilee. It's 12 o'clock here, so it means it's 7 o'clock there. Find their app, download it. They have um, a lot of teachings in their app. I watched one of the teachings that Dalton did. He's really good at these, at these teachings and doing them in one take. I watched one of the teachings that he did on Genesis chapter 22, which is the story of Abraham and Isaac, and Abraham's going to sacrifice Isaac. Been a lot of songs over the years written about that story. I used to sing one as a teenager about Abraham going to sacrifice his child. But he wasn't just a child. He was in his 30s. If you read the story, you begin to understand that Isaac in his 30s had to willingly lay himself on the wood that was prepared. Abraham was already a frail man. Before Isaac was born. He was in his 90s. So how did a man over a hundred. Put his 30 year old son. On the wood. To slaughter him and then burn him. He didn't. That 30 year old man. Had to put himself on that wood. 
And he did that on the same mountain that was later to be called Calvary. Think of the symbolism that's there. Isaac typified meekness because he was willing to lay himself on that altar. That's really powerful, isn't it? I want to contrast two words and then we're going to wrap this up. It says that, verse 23, it says, For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. Verse 24 says, For he observes, observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets. How many of you forget what you look like? Immediately forgets. <coughs> this is an interesting word here. In the Greek, it simply means that he willfully forgets. He willfully forgets. This particular phrase in the Greek is only used a few times in the New Testament. One of the times it's used is found in 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 4 through 6. It says this, in saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this, they willfully forget that by the word of God, the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of water and in the water, which by the world that then existed, perished, being flooded with water. In other words, they willfully forget. And here he's saying that you look into the word, but then you choose to forget. Who's the audience that James or Jacob? That's actually the correct pronunciation in the Hebrew. Who's he writing to? Who's James writing to? Who? What? Believe who? Believers. He's writing to believers that are willfully forgetting. <laughs> Willful forgetting believers. I think you call those hypocrites, don't you? Maybe we try a different word. How about liars? There's no such thing as a willful, forgetting believer. 
You either believe or you don't. If you believe and then you stay among the believers, but you don't believe, you're a liar. You're a faker. What did Paul say in Timothy? Something about the power, but what does it say? Oh, go, Miss Judy. A form, but denying the power. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power. That's what happens when you believe. You say you believe, but you don't really believe. Jesus said that they were whitewashed tombs. Willfully forget. Don't just listen to the word of truth and not respond to it. That was one of the things that would strike my heart so about working with young people. Because when you preached a message and gave an altar call, they responded to it. Take them away on a camp. Bring them back, and they turn their house upside down. I would get calls for weeks. What have you done to my child? I would get calls from leadership in the church. What have you done to my child? Why? Because they believed. The, the Lord had an encounter with them. They encountered Jesus. Their vision was struck. They saw him. Don't just listen to the word of truth and not respond to it. Listen, for that is the essence of self-deception. America has a plague of self-deception. So always let his word become like poetry written and fulfilled by your life. Listen to that. Fulfilled by your life. I think that at times what happens is we have these moments where God shows up and we respond in really large ways. We do these life-altering moves for him. And we follow him. We have these life 
these, these course-altering moments. And then what? What do you do after you alter your life? I'm going to tell you. You keep following him. You don't have to have another life-altering moment. You keep following him for a year. And then you follow him for two years. And then you follow him for three years. And you allow the fruit to come after four years and five years and ten years. Follow him for 15 years. See what fruit comes out of that. Maybe there will be another life-altering moment for you. What if there's not? Are you willing to give him all of those years? So always let his word become like poetry written and fulfilled by your life. If you listen to the word and don't live out the message you hear, you become like the person who looks in the mirror of the word to discover the reflection of his face in the beginning. You perceive how God sees you in the mirror of the word, but then you go out and forget your divine origin. We talked about divine origin last week, remember? But those who set their gaze deeply into the perfecting law of liberty are fascinated by and respond to the truth they hear and are strengthened by it. So I wanted to contrast two words. I wanted, I wanted you to hear immediately forgets, contrasted with and continues in it. Because in the New King James, those two really stick out. For he who observes himself goes away and immediately forgets. Verse 25 says, but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the word, this one will be blessed in what he does. The Greek there means to remain beside, continue always near, to survive, remain alive, abide, to continue in it. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the paths of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, 
whatever he does shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which drives the winds away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Bow your heads with me. It's only through meekness, it's only through you allowing him to do his work, drawing you, that you can set your gaze into the perfecting law of liberty. And then you become fascinated with him. We need a fascination with him again, church. We need to become fascinated with him, fascinated with who he is, with what he looks like, fascinated with those burning eyes. But those who set their gaze deeply into the perfecting law of liberty, listen to that. It's a perfecting law of liberty. Those are the ones who are fascinated by and respond to the truth. Then they hear and are strengthened by it. They experience God's blessings in all that they do. Come on, Jesus. Do a work inside of us. Conform us to your image. Strike our eyes with a vision of who you are. Do it, God. Jesus, you're the only one that can do this. We submit our hearts to you. We lay our hearts on the anvil of your work. And we say, do your work in us. In meekness, we submit. say that you're going to do in us. This message was brought to you by Airport Church in Tallahassee, Florida. We pray you were encouraged by the ministry of the Holy Spirit in this message. To find out more information about Airport Church, visit churchattheairport.com.